health, and mindset. Welcome to the Ascent Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Chris Hopper. And I'm Dan Harrison. Together, we are all wisdom and knowledge. Hey, what is up everyone? In this episode of the Ascend podcast, me and Chris sit down and record another episode of Observing Our Thoughts. And as you know, we like to call these our therapy sessions. And they really are. And I hope as well that it might be for you as well. But anyway, some of the stuff that we talked about and discussed in this one, we actually went back to a question that we asked in the last Observing Our Thoughts, what happens if we stop believing in our consciousness? Yes, I know, a huge question and one that we tried to sort of shitstorm around and talk about and dive into, and we did our best to answer that. And we also talked about people watching, we talked about spiritual teachers, thoughts themselves, we talked about identity, how much of ourselves are really us. And to finish this one off, we answered and discussed a few questions that we actually had from Patreon members. And this is something that we wanted to give back to Patreon members who do support the podcast and start answering a few questions from people who do support the podcast. And this is an element that we've now added to the Observing Our Thoughts and we're going to do more of these in the future. So at the end of this, we answered a few of them. And I just wanted to remind you as well that the best way that you can support the podcast is through our Patreon page. And if you do feel that any of these conversations do add value in your life, the best way that you can support us is through our Patreon page. And we really do want to take this to the next level. We have some huge ideas and visions that we want to do with this. We want to add an in-person element to this, more and more of these conversations anyway. And also we want to start videoing all of these conversations as well so you guys can also get the visual aspect as well. And to do this, we really do need your need your help. So if you can, and if you can find it in your heart, please just check out our Patreon page. And if you can, support the podcast. That would be amazing and really cool. So anyway, let's jump with this one. Another episode of Observing Our Thoughts. Enjoy. So, another episode of Observing Our Thoughts. Boom, Observing Our Thoughts. What have we got in store? <laughs> what have we got in our, in our lockers? <laughs> ah, you know what, man? Observing Our Thoughts. Do we honestly need to observe our thoughts? All 70,000 thoughts. Yeah. Like, do, you, do you think we have to observe them? Because I think this is... I'm going to say my observing thought. <laughs> right? My observing my seven, one of my 70,000 thoughts is... Should I actually observe my thoughts or should I just let them pass through my mind? Oof. Should we observe our thoughts? I think it would be a bit contradictory if we said we shouldn't observe our thoughts. When, all, when all these episodes are about observing uh, our thoughts. Uh, it's just because like, um, <laughs> when you listen to it, <laughs> like, no, you shouldn't. No, no, just just have a blank spaced mind. We wouldn't have a conversation. It's, been quite, it's, inter- <laughs> it's interesting because in a lot of uh, meditation um guidance meditations that you actually get told not to um observe your thoughts yeah you're meant to told like the let your thoughts flow through you basically yeah. so and the goal is to have a clear and crisp mind and to kind of like to like chase your thoughts it makes it like something completely contradictory yeah. but so i was just wondering like should we actually chase our thoughts yeah, I, know, I know what you mean i thought i know a lot of sort of meditate like sort of um meditation teachers and things like that say that you shouldn't 
they see that you shouldn't sort of um, become. I think well, well, anyway, I think what the, what I what I what I pretense is it is that for me, when I've thought about that practice of of the thought coming in your mind, I think it is good to analyze your thoughts. Like when people see you meditate and things like that, you shouldn't. Mm. You've got to get. You've got to clear the thought. But yeah. I ask. I, I think sometimes if the thoughts are there, the thoughts are there to be analysed. They're coming for a reason. Yeah. So I've had times in the meditation where you, you. I mean, everyone's going to be the same. Where you have where you're sitting doing a meditation or even doing a yoga. For me, my thoughts come streaming in. But I think it's they. They're coming there for a reason. You've got to actually analyse them and you've got to mm. like sit with them. And I think as well. I mean, I think it was Bruce Lee who said this. I mean, this was. I can't. He said. Um, he said, let things, fl- like, even when he talks about flow, things flowing through you. Yeah. He says, let things f- flow through you, but don't become the th- don't become the thing. So that's where I like to see it as thoughts. Like, I let the thought be- come through us, but never let the, th- never let become a too attached to that thought or become, because sometimes thoughts have, have beliefs. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, or anxiety or a depression with a thought. Do you understand what I mean yeah, by yeah. that? It's an interesting thing. So just don't become attached to it. Let the flow through you. Try and embrace what it, what the thought's trying to tell you, but don't let the, don't become the thing. I love it how a lot of people are very diverse on this. Actually, should we follow our thoughts during meditation? Because um, Andy Puttigam he says like let your thoughts like just flow through you and don't like really connect to them. Connect more more so to your body, so mm-hmm. you're actually in that present moment. But then I've also heard other people who say you should follow your thoughts in a, in a um, meditative state because that's when they're most clear and you can find out a lot more answers. Um, someone, I can't remember who, I'm really, and I don't want to butcher it because they made a great point and they said, um, if you actually follow your thoughts um, when you're in a meditation, it, just follow them. Just actually see where they go and ask questions to them and then take command of the thought, especially with anxiety thoughts and like depressive thoughts because they can really analyze uh, like a certain part of the psyche of who you are. And so if you really look at them from an outside perspective and you start like asking these questions like why have you visited? What is it that you want to show me? Yeah. These thoughts become so much more clearer and after the meditative practice you be get you become a lot more lighter because these like anxiety fueled thoughts, which like ninety percent of all thoughts are negative, negative programming. Um if you can analyze them, detect them and break them down into like a smaller part if you can really like look at the big picture you'll notice that they're not so big these thoughts yeah. and really like destruct them and that's that's kind of what we're doing now with our thoughts we're destructing them together and I yeah. love that well, that's what a lot of people talk about when people have an ayahuasca session sort of you, um, you're like bringing up old thoughts that are deep are deep rooted in your subconscious mind mm-hmm. like that's maybe that's why that's why thoughts do come up like because we try to sort of hide things away. You, you, you can't. You can hide things away from the people around you, but you can't hide away the truth from yourself. Yeah. And it, and it seems to be like the, the for me anyway. When I when in my life, the, yeah, when we walk around your day to day life, how many thoughts you have? You have loads of thoughts. Bang, 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 bang. In your head all the time. It's like I mean, I've even thought about this. If you were having, if if you were watching the telly with someone, mm. with yourself, the way that yourself talks to you, you wouldn't sit with that person for very long. No, how no, annoying! Would, how annoying would that person be? That's an interesting point. And actually. I think people don't actually forget how much of an how much um, annoying mind that you have all the time. This inner chatter all the time. Mm. But you, then you've got to ask yourself, like, what's the inner chatter there for? What's the thoughts there for? It's to and what I believe is that it's to unravel something that's deep rooted in within our subconscious that we're either trying to hide away from our hide away from our real self. That's yeah, what I feel. That's a beautiful point. That um, actually, I don't know why, but I brought up this. Um, this other thought that I was having as well, it was um, 
it was in Anthony Robbins um, become an Anthony Robbins coach on Facebook and I don't know why but I clicked on the comments and they said um, obviously like a lot of people were saying it's ridiculous like the price he charges and stuff like that obviously because he's a machine now he's like a marketing business machine Anthony Robbins yeah. himself but a lot of the comments like the higher comments the ones that got most likes was why don't you just be your own coach I mean if some if you give someone advice say like well obviously duh if say like you're giving someone relationship advice and you go well and it really need help you go well obviously duh do A, B and C and then why don't you just be your own coach and say well if I am my own coach what would a coach say to me and what would a, I, what would my own coach say to me if I was in this predicament so you can be your own coach just say that just um, and I was trying to practice this today especially when I was like in little different situations when at work and I was going through the motions and I was like alright now I'm struggling I've got loads of work what would my coach say to me you say look strap in focus get the job done and that's what that's what my coach would be mentally preparing for me to say so basically your coach being your own coach your own voice is perfect for what you want yeah. so you're already your own coach you're like an inner coach yeah and that's I don't know where, where did we get from that I, I don't know but that's, that's what I think that's all my all my life's been, been about that I mean I think I think if you look around if you if I look back at my life all the different influences that I've had I mean I've had I mean just to name a few people who I mean Idol Portal uh, Mike Dolce when I was looking at nutrition I mean there's many names there's many many different names and I think yeah. there's there's many different paths as well to to who you, to finding that inner coach as well but I think that's what all that's what I think the the journey's about like when you I listen to loads of podcasts people listen to this when we listen not just going to listen to ours they're going to listen to many very different podcasts yeah. or many different YouTube channels or many different musicians or whatever it is they're going to get, gain inspiration from different people I think that's why I think this gets ultimately to why we're here on this planet I think because we're on this planet to learn from many different people like um you might not think you're a teacher to me but you are and I might not think I'm a teacher to you but I, I am like everyone's teachers like you don't actually re- realise even if you're at work someone can teach you something that you just couldn't see do there's th- like teachers all throughout society do you think yeah, this is an interesting point uh, or it might not be but do you think you have to be in someone's life to be a teacher oh let's analyse that a second say the question one more time do you have to be in someone's life to be a teacher you have to be in someone's life to be a teacher. Can you just still down a little bit more? I just don't um, want to give it a quick. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to give no, it a quick. No. I want to actually digest. It. I can't digest it. I was thinking, like, so could someone who I've never met or I don't know about, maybe they're just a statistic on a board or something like that. Could they influence my life? Someone who you don't know about, that yeah. they don't know. Some someone like say, um, I don't know this person. And they don't know me. Completely never met both of us could they have a any power over me any like un, like changing me in any sort of way maybe I'm going into the collective consciousness about every single person being connected like does someone who doesn't know me at all could they be a teacher for me sort of say so this, I'm trying to think about this because it's a deep it's a really deep thought that so is is it is the person recognising that any actions are so here's something. So there's going to be people who I don't know who listen to this podcast now. Mm-hmm. And my words are going to 
not to be big headed or anything like that, but my some, my words and your words or other people's words who people come on the podcast are going to influence them people who are walking around in their day to day life doing whatever they're doing, trying mm. to improve themselves. That's going to influence them, but they're not going to. The person who's given the information is not going to know it's influencing a certain person. Mm-hmm. Or do you mean on a bigger level than that? Oh, I just knocked the mic. Is that right? Yeah, cool. Um, well, what I was thinking was maybe not on a deep level, but maybe a thought or an action that they do or perceive, could that in turn, even if they don't know them in any sort of fashion, could that affect me? And I suppose in a way, like imagine if like one person like um, didn't recycle and like, a million people didn't recycle, well, that's going to affect me. That action will affect me, even though it's just one person who's done it. Times that by a million, obviously. Yeah. But one cost one person's made that action that affects my life. So I'm wondering if, even if people who I don't know, are they could they be teaching me something, just by their actions? It's it's I, interesting. The, here's, this only way I can, this is the only way I can think about. It. I mean, I don't know. I, it's one of them questions where I need longer to distill it. My mind to think about it, mm. but. I'm actually thinking about does karma play into that? Mm. Because here's something, right? Because say in my day to day life, I do an action. Yeah. Whatever it is, like like say if I do, I take what you said about doing the trash or whatever it is. But if I do something good, but someone doesn't know about it, is there some sort of like karmic effect that happens after that? That's like well, that's is, that, what is that what you mean? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm going for. Yeah, that's that's why I want to know it. I mean, is Basically, I, I listen. Because I think two seconds ago, oh, I have thought there. Because I think in your in our day to day lives, we we'll do thing. We we'll, you we'll do a lot of things subconsciously all the time. Mm. Like sometimes people think in society that the biggest some of the the biggest shifters for people are the things that people see, but it's actually the things that you do when no one's looking that that actually do affect the the game a lot bigger. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I mean, Gavin Nascimento was talking. Um, I listened to a Gavin Nascimento talk. It was called "Be the Change 101." I don't know if you've heard it or not. Right, I actually, I downloaded it. And I've listened to it about oh, must be in about 30, 40 times now. And he talks about. Um, I thought it was going to be more talking about how to be the change you want to see in the world, but he started talking about the collective consciousness and how you um, how an individual action can affect people from around the world, and you don't even know it. I mean, obviously, he was talking about in the context of like how a president. They have they play a much bigger role in the collective consciousness than some other people, maybe than somebody who's living on the street. But he also said like you can be the president to everyone you know, because your change to them is much more bigger than a presidential yeah. change on someone. So he was talking. It was an interesting conversation, and I was thinking, I wonder how much impact we actually have on people we don't even meet. Yeah, I think that's what we're doing all for our lives. Are we constantly? You constantly impact impacting people on 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 many different levels all the time. Like you're interacting with people at work, you whatever it is, you're interacting all the time. Do you see the on your mind there? Did you see the um the young kid though who was an activist? He was um what's he called again? He's called oh, something Schwartz. Stefan Schwartz, I think he was called. Might be wrong. Something Schwartz anyway. Um but he he what he was doing was he was actually sort of he used his um he used his in um his sort of art at the time, which was like a hacker. So he was very good in, in, in technology and things like that. Mm. And he decided to actually hack. Um, so he was at a university and, you know, the publications of a university. So you know, when, we, when we were at university and um, you would have to have an access code to access certain publications or you would have yeah. to pay a certain amount of fee to access certain papers and things like that. 
well, he believed that it sh- that all should be accessible, everyone and three. So what he did was he like it was inc- he was an incredible hacker and he hacked the whole system and gave all the way the all the academ all the academic uh, articles all the way to the public for free. Whoa, he's like a Robin Hood. So there's a there's a there's a um not a, not a sort of um give away what happens in the documentary or anything like that, but it's a very interesting documentary. I think it's on YouTube the full documentary. But that shows that that was a just a time what you see and that shows to me of a, of a a brilliant piece of like sort of activism what people can do to sort of awaken people's minds I love that man that's a yeah, that's you, really you should check that out really interesting yeah I will so um, what, so what's on your mind lately Dan what you what you been thinking about one, one thing I wanted to think about straight away was um, which we, we should have started here we said last time we started about ah, um, yeah, the yeah. question about consciousness because we, we need to try and attack that mm. so on the last observing our thoughts me and you both said that we would um attack that question on the next one after we've digested it a bit more and it's, it was a big one so the question we said to ourselves was what happens if we stop believing in our own consciousness hmm. so I've actually I mean have you have you I've given that enough time I don't think I don't think you ever that type of question you're going to be ever have enough time to answer that question no, no. <laughs> but I was um, who did I come across again who said this I was looking at you know Eck, I can't see his name Eckhart Eckhart Tolle and he said that consciousness isn't something he he said co- consciousness isn't something we have; it's something we are. Boy, that's a beautiful thing. So when I I, I try to think about that, and, and we've talked about this many times in the podcast, not to go too far into it, but I'm I'm in the understanding that I'm not I'm not this body, I'm not this mind, I'm something deeper than that. Mm. And if we are something that if we if we are consciousness, like if we are pure consciousness, and we're just expressing ourselves in human forms. In, in in our true essence, consciousness is you are you are consciousness and I'm consciousness. Mm. Then can we really get to a point where we we don't believe we're consciousness? If we are the thing, if we are the thing, whatever that thing is, I don't know. This is just random thought. Yeah. Can we actually get rid of that? <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, I think at some point. I actually, so because I thought about this as well, right? So I was. I was walking down the street, right, and I had my headphones on, mm-hmm. and I was listening to Alan Watts. And Alan Watts didn't say this, but it was his, it was you know when Alan Watts says his little sort of his little little things and stuff like that, and he goes, "Imagine a world." Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like where everyone like he does little things like that. But it was like with like a dubstep or a chill mix or something added in it. And mm-hmm. I was walking down with my headphones on. Alan Alan Watts just says, "Imagine a world." And then as soon as he said that, I paused it on my phone, and I was walking down the street down this like steep bank, looking down like sort of where where um, a river flows by. And I asked myself that question again. What happens if we stop believing our consciousness? And at that time, I thought in my head, imagine a world where there's no one. And I don't know why that question led us to that, but it said, imagine a world where there's no one. And you're in a world with no one. And at the time, I was walking down a street where I couldn't see anyone. I couldn't hear no cars. It was quite in like sort of quite a, um, a derelict area, no one around, uh-huh. like forest land and stuff like that. And I was thinking in my head, imagine a world where there's no one. Like, what would a world look like that? Look like with that, with no one around, no people walking around, stuff like that. And at the time, I was thinking, wow, what a what a horrible world. Like, even if even that world, world, what a horrible world with no one in. Because I think that's the I think fundamentally that's the thing that makes this what we're in now so special. Like, it makes if I was just having this, if I had everything in the world, complete everything, whatever whatever my ego desires, mm-hmm. and I was just sitting having this conversation with myself now with my own consciousness now mm-hmm. that would be absolutely terrible for me 
yeah, really but, terrible. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I suppose if you took away the individuality of it and we actually just look at it, that's a really good, interesting point. I want to dissect it a so bit further. So just before I go there as well, I'll let you dissect it, but that, so to, to, for how, I, how we mind works and how I tied in with consciousness, I thought, what happens if there's no thought? What happens if there's no sort of self? Oh man, you blow my mind here. That's what I was thinking in my head and I think that that's why I don't think we can get her because I think the game of life is set up for that purpose, for consciousness itself to explore. So do you think the human aspect of the, um, the question, I mean, what happens if like, if there's like, um, if we stop believing in our consciousness, do you think we, we lose the beauty of it all if we didn't have the human experience? That's what I'm feeling yeah, from you. Yeah, definitely. I just don't think we can... I think if we are it, we kind of get to a point where... Maybe it's just maybe it's just like the fish, though, maybe as well, because I'm going to recognise this as well. Maybe it's just like the fish. You know, the analogy I've said before on the podcast about does a fish really know that water is wet? Because wet, the wetness is all the fish has known its entire existence. Mm. Like, is consciousness all we've known our entire existence? It's interesting how... Uh, that's a good point as well. Um, it's it's hard to distill it down. I uh, just don't think we can get to the point. No, it's, it's like looking out, right? I'm going to use the example of a fish. Like you've just said there, I'm going to use the exact same question. Like, um, what what would happen if we stop believing in consciousness? All right? The fish spends its entire life in this goldfish um, goldfish existence, right? And every time it looks at, look around, and like it's looking around and seeing like, wow, look at all this incredible things, all this knowledge, this wisdom, this beauty, everything outside this goldfish bowl. I'm trapped in this stupid goldfish bowl. Yeah. Basically, the goldfish bowl is our body. Right, and what would happen if like this like goldfish leaves the goldfish bowl? Yeah, it can't venture out into this whole into this whole world that we have. We can walk around in because the goldfish is like stuck to this like bowl, st- which is just like us. Our consciousness trapped into this goldfish bowl of a body. And soon as we le- leave or want to express that more, we can't because it won't let us. Yeah. So basically, we're trapped in like this prison style of a body, and we want to expand it. We want to see like the biggest questions in the universe. But like you said before, when there is some things like prison, like blocks holding us from asking the bigger questions, from finding the truth. I mean, oh, it's so like tempting because you want to know the answers. Yeah. What is consciousness? Where does it come from? What is like the meaning of this existence? What is the meaning of consciousness? How can we actually fall through like this? Um, this present moment into like nothingness in our minds. I mean, but then again, like um, another Eckhart Tolle um, quote, and it's something I actually write on me um, me diary. And every time I listen to it, it makes me th- be grateful like I'm human. Is that um, if in doubt, like just remember this: these words, you are the universe. You are the universe. Sorry experiencing being a human for a short while yeah. and i love that and that's me i think in future i'll go back to whatever form of consciousness i will reside in but right now i need to focus on the human aspect of like living life in because there's too many beauties that we that we've lost track on on when in their body i mean even the subject of pain a lot of people who avoid pain but Truthfully, pain is a human experience and it's absolutely beautiful because it brings growth afterwards. A lot of people like missing truths, like this beautiful human experience and they're wanting to search for like these answers. Like like the questions like um, what happens if we stop believing in consciousness is like basically, like basically I feel the same thing. Like what would happen if we're dead? 
that's what I'm getting from the whole experience. Like, because without our, without like the beauty of the consciousness, that it would be like death to me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Though maybe it's the um, I thought there. Uh, maybe it's in the goldfish bowl where consciousness actually comes alive. So that's like, a really good so point, like, by the way. So brother. maybe it, consciousness requires the like the physical body. Maybe consciousness actually requires the fish bowl to like sort of experience the reality that's what i'm thinking that and then and that's why that's why i'm actually thinking we're maybe here i don't even know Whoa, how to say anymore, no man. honestly brother that is absolutely mind-blowing that that's, oh. what, that's what i'm thinking you know what i honestly we could end the podcast right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> i know we're not gonna but, but uh, um what was i gonna say again oh, that's what i was gonna say i know that because i want because I, I don't even think is there any more we can say on that because i don't even know if there's any more we can say on that brother honestly man that's i, I felt that the whole that's it that's it that's it um like I said, that's gonna be that's gonna be an observing uh, me thought that I um, that I keep asking myself. Like I asked, I asked myself that constantly every single day since we asked that question. It, there wasn't one day where I didn't go and ask myself that, and it was so hard to find even a thought about it because I just don't think we can actually. I don't. I mean, I would love to hear what other people think about that and put on that. 100%. But I just, I just don't know if we can actually. Can we fully get to there? But you know, here's another big ob- observe me thought I want to touch on with you is so we went down to um, London last weekend. And then this weekend, I've just come back from Amsterdam, and uh, one of the biggest observing thoughts I've had is, and a bit of realization I had was that. So if you, you know, if you look around sort of uh, society and stuff like that, mm. and we were talking about like before, you said uh, uh, I kind of see his name Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle. People like sort of uh, like Alan Watts, like I said, Alan Watts before Ram Dass, whatever it is, all these sort of spiritual gurus around the world. I've actually realized that some of my greatest spiritual teachers are not what people would actually perceive them as. So my spiritual best oh. teachers aren't, uh, isn't a Ramdas. It isn't actually sort of, it isn't maybe, it isn't in a sense like an actual guru. It's like a collection of things. So mm. what I mean by that is one of my observing thoughts I had was that, um, so when we were at London, we were traveling on the, on the um, tube directly going to London and, um, Inter- constantly interacting with loads of different people like loads of different mixed race people and stuff like that and yeah. and just people from different backgrounds people who wear different clothes people who have different colour ha- hairs people who are, are smiling people who are not smiling homeless people what are all these different people and there's something in that art of actually witnessing and observing people that some sort of state of mind that we tap in that you tap into when you're viewing like others around you and that's what I, that's what I mean it doesn't have to be sort of a spiritual guru like a, like a Ramdas or anything like that it yeah. seems to be that we're all spiritual teachers to each other like everything we're doing like everyone is so if you I thought about this this perspective of now I had this when we were on the train as well uh-huh. and I had this when I was sitting because I was sitting in Amsterdam Central one of the main points of Amsterdam Central mm-hmm. and I was sitting on a wall and I've actually put a picture on my Instagram of this and I was just literally just viewing everything oh, yeah, the, the, the tram going mm-hmm. past people going by and everything and I had my headphones on listening to music and there's just something, some great sort of form of introspection, wherever it has to be. I mean, a lot of people, like, you know how people sit in cafes and things like that and watch people the world go by, because I love people watching. Mm-hmm. But there's just some sort, some sort of state of mind that that you get when you look at people. It's like, here's something. It's even, it goes even deeper than this, because to a sense, the people don't even know you're looking at them directly. So it's sort of, you're inside the thoughts of someone else or inside the inside the point of view of someone else mm-hmm. without them even realizing you're there does that make sense yeah because then i often wonder as well like um am i tapping into their fears and desires and uh, that's a scary point because then i'm wondering how much of that am i reflecting on myself 
because uh, then I'm bringing in their fears and desires in my own existence. Yeah. Because I am, um, this is, uh, Aubrey Marcus brought this up when he did at um, one of his ayahuasca sessions and his his friend was suffering from depression and he uh, was, de- yeah, it was depression and he was talking to this um, demon, this huge gigantic demon and he said, um, I want to take away my friend's uh, anxiety and depression. Yeah. And he went, I'll take it away but I'll have to give it to you. Yeah. And then he went, whoa, that's not my de- battle or demons to, um, to face. So I was thinking as well, like when I'm looking at someone else and I'm engaging in their thoughts, do, I, do they become a part of me? And I think they do, you know, because uh, this is interesting because I looked at you there in your eyes and actually seeing this, like I, I got to admit, I see parts of you in in my life and I like, I see that in a, in a good thing mm-hmm. as well. I say like, I see how you've impacted my life yeah. and that's probably a good thing as well um, how it has happened but it's also a scary thing as well because I feel like maybe sometimes I feel like I kind of giving away my power yeah I don't know what you think on that no, I like that point uh, so here's, this is how I'll try and this is how I'll think, think about this because I've actually it's funny you said that right because you know when you just said there about does that project I know, I know you might not mean directly like sort of that depression like linking to your sort of subconscious like you're actually when you're when i'm when i'm i'm people watching i know you're not directly linking sort of like my consciousness going into theirs and They're sort of going analyzing it, but i know i do know what you mean on that's like such so minimal level i've actually so this is a thought that i had right it's really it's weird that you said this so i questioned myself that whole essence of what you just said of that of them projecting onto me but is that not just a mirror is that not just? Am I just? Am I just not using them as a mirror? So mm. that 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 sense of depression, that sense of of that understanding and whatever they're doing in their life, is that not just really a reflection of me? Is that not really me just looking at like a mirror of what I hold deep within me? That's a real point. And I thought I thought about that when I was viewing different people walking around and doing the day to day life, and you, and you, your mind will come up and it'll judge people. It does judge people, like whatever it is, it'll judge people, saying like, "What are they doing? Do they know where they're going? Are they taking time to stop and stuff like that?" But is that not just a, a reflection of my own deep sort of bullshit, like deep crap that I'm going through as well? That's what I'm thinking. I love that, brother. And I completely agree. Actually, I think it. I think more likely it's going to be your scenario instead of mine, the one I'm assuming. Um, it's like when I was thinking there, I was thinking um, if um, a guy's driving down the, on the highway and I actually was behind him and I could be in a beautiful meditative state, like maybe I could have meditated for three hours that morning and then I get in my car and drive and I get yeah. stuck in a traffic jam. And then I see the person in front of us and you might be able to see his hands waving in the air and you think, I wonder what he's going through right now. And you, sign, you kind of project his thoughts into yours and you kind of think he's suffering from so much like peeing probably late for work or it could be yeah. late for a doctor's appointment and I started like put that into my own perspective and I think geez Louise should I be stressed should I be worried should I be fa- feeling this and then maybe I'm thinking have I just put his like thoughts and negative like processing in my brain and that's a scary scary thought but then again it could just be like a deep part of my subconscious that I'm actually like basically it's got nothing to do with him Yeah, and it's all my thoughts, my whole existence, some deep-rooted fears and like worries that I'm looking at him and I'm bringing out myself, which is your point, and I see that as well. So it it could be both. Yeah, it is. It, I thought about it. it is sort of like a because when you when you do sort of like stop for two minutes to look at someone, it is sort of it is like 
you're stepping into their world, like you're stepping into their reality for a few seconds. But within that, though, there I'll give is, you a good story after this. But, but within that, though, there is sort of a um, and uh, what's the word? Like a sort of a, an essence of of a mirror, like a, of a reflection. Like there, there's an essence of when you're when you're viewing someone walking past. I mean, I do this all the time. Like you, you really deep down know that that's just you, like living a different mm. life. That's just. And I and I love I love having that perspective in the mind because it makes you sort of, and I, and maybe that's why that's why I, I'm looking at people for because deep down there's something inside of us knows that is that is me that is that's a part of me whatever they're doing in their life is a part of it it's maybe a part of what I'm doing in my daily life but it's do, you know, do that make sense that's, yeah, yeah. that's what that's why I love observing people for and it is it. and this is an interesting conversation as well because uh, I heard this story before I can't remember where I heard it but I heard it. Um, it was a young man who was going through a lot of trouble in his life and so he goes to see a spiritualist because he doesn't know who he is he doesn't know what he wants and he's completely lost and he asks these questions to the spiritualist he goes I'm completely lost my life feels like it's a waste of waste of a life I've got nothing going for us um, I'm really struggling with confidence my whole identity is like lost and um, I'm I really need your help. Yeah. And the spiritualist goes, okay. Right. I want to, and they spent about 20 minutes just like looking at him, analyzing him, like reading his palms, looking into his eyes, doing all the like mystic type of work. She went, actually, you are, um, it's hard to say this, but in a past life, you were Napoleon. And I've looked deep within your heart and your soul, and I still see all that power inside you. And he was like, flabbergasted really he's like who's Napoleon so she went it's your job right now to look into your past life and that is your identity you are Napoleon you're Napoleon Bonaparte yeah. the French leader and he ended up he went for home that night and he put down all his posters on his wall and he put up pictures of Napoleon everywhere he read Napoleon books quotes he really got into the psyche of Napoleon and in essence, he started like attributing all of Napoleon's famous confidence, leadership skills. Basically, he became a Napoleon. In a, in a sense, he'd become Napoleon. And it's a fascinating insight. And um, he completely transformed his life, his mental imagery, everything. And he came back and he said um, to the woman, he went, thank you for showing me who I truly am. And she... Um, and she looked at him and said, "Like, oh, I what have you?" <laughs> I, she said, "What have you um, done?" And he says, "Like, I've done all these amazing things. I am now Napoleon in my mind, body, and soul." She went, um, "Yeah, I just made that lot up." <laughs> <laughs> and he went, and, and she, and he was blindsided by it. But she said, "That is the only way I could really make you, like, envision something else because yeah. I knew you you were into mental imagery, and I knew you could actually." begin because you didn't believe in yourself you yeah. had to believe in something else bigger yeah I love so that. it's interesting how we he put his mind into napoleon and become napoleon and whereas if i'm thinking if i'm putting myself in someone who's struggling with like traffic am i becoming them yeah but I'll, who knows that's I'll, why by i the, like that by the way it's um, funny. i wrote a, a list out before and it's um, and I got this idea from Sean Stevenson, not the um, fitness expert, but um, self help guru. I read that book in Birmingham, and it was who do you identify and and see yourself in, and who do you want to mirror their characteristics upon yours? 
I suppose maybe you might be limiting your own human experience by following someone else's, but then again, you could be enhancing your experience because it's what you want to follow. Yeah. So I'm thinking, I wrote down like character traits of like what I want to see myself. And so I want to see myself as more of a tactician. So I, I typed in like the most um, tactical general ever and um, most strategic general. And I started to get into his mindset, which was um, Eric von Manstein. And he was actually Hitler's greatest general. And so I was getting in the mind of him because he wasn't into Nazism. He wasn't into that at all. But he was um, a believer of following rules and like order. Yeah. Very regenerated man. But strategy-wise, he was tip-top. He was conditioned to a, like um, a step-by-step process of like life. And when I was reading his book, he actually gets into the insight of like, how each and every decision he makes is strategically planned. And I was starting to get into that whole process and I was doing the exact same thing in my life. So it's it's good how you, if you can mirror image something that you want to bestow on yourself, that is possible. Yeah. It is a good thing to tap into that. Yeah, I, th- I think I've, I think I gets back to what I was saying before. I've got so many things I want to try and throw this back here because I've got so many points I want to say. I think we actually, just to touch on that last point you made there, I think we're doing that all through our lives anyway. We're embodying a part, like gets back to the conversation. That's why I'm really looking at other people's lives because we're constantly embodying a part of someone else all the time. Like we, when we're, learn, we're, we're watching how people walk, how people talk, how people hold themselves, how people interact with certain situations, we're embodying. Well, I sort of, well, like these. Yeah, we've always learned that we have. Yeah, we're sort of the way I like to say it is we're sort of these like um, like scanners. We're scanning. We're constantly our minds are always scanning information. Like I'm scanning your body language. I'm scanning the room. I'm scanning everything. We're constantly taking up. We're all constantly filtering things out that we don't want and filtering things out. But if imagine if we can, if there's something I mean in the future, whatever it is, where we can actually we learn more about our own human psyche and we can actually filter and dissect things out of every situation that we want more of. Like so instead of because I think there's a lot of times that we 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 can take the bad parts off people. Like it can be like you were saying the good parts, how you can focus on someone and someone can interact with you in a certain part and be good. But there's also if that's the case, it also means as well you can embody the bad, so you can become the sort of the bad part of Adolf Hitler or whatever who it is. Do you understand what I yeah, mean? Yeah, whoever you hit mirror image really. So uh, obviously. I think that's what we're trying to maybe that's what we're trying to become we're trying to be becoming these sort of filtering systems where we're trying to filter out the good and the bad to, be, to put on put on ourselves to become something else mm-hmm. but as it, well because here's another point as well but it raises, going, it raises the question right if that is the case and we're constantly doing that are we sort of how much is how much of us is really us I knew you like how much that. is you is you because I've questioned this and not to go too far because we've actually on up and coming podcasts I know this sounds weird in the podcast in the future <laughs> we've actually already talked about this with a couple of guests somewhere. I can't remember who they were we've now. talked about it in our past as well though yeah we've talked about it in the past as well but I've just to slightly touch on it because it needs to be said I've questioned that how much of me is really me so how much is the way the clothes that I wear how much is that really me the way that I sort of certain foods I eat certain people I interact with Whatever I do, the way I train my body, and to be brutally honest, is any of that really me? And I, I really don't know. It's interesting. Um, a year ago, I had a conversation with um, our friend James, who we do down the rabbit hole with on YouTube, by the way. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had a conversation with him, and I said, um, cause he's really rap-influenced in his life. And I was thinking to myself, like, I've been influenced by you for rap music. I've, I didn't really like rap music until I met you. So you influenced that on me. 
So I was thinking to myself, and I said to him, I was like, what type of um, music would I like if I just heard music for the first time? Because I've always, another thing as well, I was going to be music playlist at the same time. And a lot of my music was influenced by uh, movies, which made me feel emotional at the time. Yeah. So I got emotional sense. So I listened to a lot of um, um, oh, like the Avengers theme and stuff like that yeah. because it made me feel like motivated or empowered because I loved watching superhero films and I felt like that at the time that was the type of music I was listening to I was drawn into and I was thinking if I had no emotional connection to any of these musics like I'd never seen them before in films I'd never heard them on the radio when I was like feeling good if I just listened to music for the first time ever would I like that music and I was thinking that's when I would really know who what I what I truly would like. Yeah. And I don't know. That's I know. Just to add a bit more to that as well, I like that. I thought about that loads of times, like with the music I'm listening to and stuff like that. But we're living in a world where we're constantly being like fed a uh, direction. Like everything we're doing, like the eat this food, it, <laughs> become vegan, like you should know we should be eating meat. There's like there's so much there's so much alternative sort of and everything has contradictions, but there's so much alternative areas that are pulling us in like is it all bullshit you should be looking like this you should have your hair cut like this mm. I, I don't I don't know like is that like, I've questioned as well is that just a part of the game is 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 it just a part of the like are we just a blank consciousness like are we just do we come in this world as a blank consciousness and it's actually the things that we're interacting with that make us who we are like is that a part of the game to put on like is that our computer character game I don't I don't know it could be a test like, would it be boring if you weren't if you weren't if you weren't interacting because not only just not only just um on a physical aspect also on a mental aspect of the consciousness interacting with so like we said the life itself is incredible like sort of um the ability to run run with your body the ability to, to have sex the ability to taste touch whatever it is but there's also a component to the game with consciousness mm. where you like the the mental aspect of where you sort of are, are being um influenced by certain things like that's a part of the game is that yeah. part of the game where we have to like what would happen if we didn't do that would, would the game be what would happen then <laughs> that's that's a really deep I don't question. know I just thought of it there in my head um, I'm going to try and uh, to even analyse that in the whole context is I mean are we something I said to you before um, and I might I might as well bring it up now because I feel like it's relevant is um, and we've said this to a few guests as well is um if you were born in a white room um, and you were just fed like the same food just through a tube, um, just through like a little hatch and you had no idea what the outside world would be and you just like opened the door one day and you just looked out, that's kind of the reflection of what I would feel like of being a real human being on this planet because sometimes right now you don't feel like you're you. You feel like you're just a collection of how other people perceive you how the media want to perceive you, like your haircut, your clothes you wear, that's all being conditioned by society. I mean, even a lot of people who feel like they're individualized, that's them being conditioned by the groups they've been influenced yeah. in on the mu or the music or whatever. But if you literally just walk out of um, a white room and immediately you sense colors, vibration, energy, you feel like the wind on your face that to me is like the true essence of like a human being and that's maybe why we need to focus on just doing stuff for the first time because that gives us like the sense of like whoa this is all this is inspiration energy I've, emotion I love it have you seen that I love that have you seen the I've got so many thoughts mind you here by the way my head is <laughs> my head is rocking 
Um, one of the first ones I wanted to say was, um, have you seen the guy of the, um, who puts on the... I think you have seen it, but he, where he, he's blind his whole life and he puts on... The, he, sorry, he's colourblind and he puts on the glasses for the first time. I think it would feel like that. You would put your glasses on and you would see everything. You'd be like, whoa. You'd be all completely overwhelmed. Oh, yeah, have you yeah. seen that? Yeah, I have actually, man, yeah. And the second point was to try and... So he cries through it way after. Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, yeah, he cries. And that's what I think it would feel like. But he's trying to still that down a bit further because here's a thought I've had, right? This is one of some of my crazy thoughts. So you said if you had someone in a... In a let's say we had someone in a blank room, mm-hmm. right? And then no interaction with the outside world, whatever, just have like a hatch where they get whatever, whatever, right? And a, just a guy living in a blank room. And he comes out of the room and you said he interacts with the world and sees the colours, right? Mm-hmm. But let's say we had two identical twins right and you put two identical twins in two different identical rooms right I know obviously there's going to be variants of like air conditioning or whatever it is but you know, do you know what I mean the pieces right, of them right. two ident- them both rooms are, are both white they're both the same size and diameter whatever it is food certain t- same time everything, everything all done. the conditions are I know you're not going to get every condition to the minute but the conditions are very very scientifically down to the pinpoint few when them two people come out with that box, will them two people be the same people? And that's a question that I've asked myself. Oh, wow, you know that's the thought process. That needs it? to be a film, that man. That is, it's is incredible, isn't it? Whoa, it's a, it would be amazing if you tested them both at the exact same time and they both give you the same answers. Yeah, and then that gets into the question of me with the thought processes. If it didn't, could it suggest that there's actually something that we hold within our consciousness? that makes us who we are like is there something is that that would really that might justify to me that there is something inside us all that makes us unique because if like if they come out of that room and they were the exact same two people like down down to the minute minute detail that might suggest to me that we are programmed to believe that this is like programmed to believe who we are but if there's some a part of them that comes out and expresses maybe expresses themselves in a completely different ways I don't know what it we is we certainly know a lot about individuality wouldn't we crazy question that though isn't it yeah do you want us to try and go back to the point I had before I'm trying to wrap no. this out right no I'm joking of course so you know before when you were talking about um, you said about that story about the woman I had this in my mind there trying to remember it and you said about the funny story about how he told the, told the she told the guy to become Napoleon and stuff mm. like that and said that in your past life you were Napoleon and things like that have you ever sort of, I mean, well, first question, have you ever sort of had any visions of you being in a past life before? Uh, I, in, se- no, in second of all, in second of all, in second of all as well, because uh, I want to touch on that as well, but the second question I had as well from that is, see, because there is examples, I have, I haven't counted many examples in the past where people have like some sort of psychedelic experience yeah. or whatever it is. People, t- I know as well, what? I know as well with my close friends as well I mean I'm not too clued up on this area but Reiki energy mm-hmm. like a lot of people he has a Reiki session and he said that he uncovered a past life where he was like a Greek soldier but there's many cases now. where people have have had certain experiences of where they where they have visions of being someone else but then does that does that because this is a question right does that that suggest to me if that is the case and that is true and people are experiencing past life regressions and things like that people are experiencing hypnotherapy uh-huh. and whatever it is loads of different meditation sometimes as well but that does that suggest to me that when say if we are blind consciousness and we can't we come as consciousness into this body mm-hmm. does is the consciousness not blank does the consciousness actually hold something within that 
Like, so consciousness comes into the body and it's given a form of amnesia so you forget your past mm. lives. But does the consciousness actually still hold a past life? Pa- sorry, past information from our old lives? Yeah, well, that's a beautiful point, by the way. Um, that's the try. The only, thing I can, before. the only thing I can truly answer on is being, through my own experience. Um, I haven't had any, like, such as a past life of vision of, like, um, say, a peasant from, like, the 18th century or something like that. Yeah. But what I do get is, and I've had these on occasions, is, like, very vivid deja vu experiences where I know I've done it before. Yeah. And what I feel like is I feel like this life is on a loop and I feel like I've done this millions of times, this whole experience, just me you talking in this right room right now. This has been done, to me, in my eyes, it's been done, like, thousands, millions endless loops of eternal existence and we've done this trillions of times um because i've seen these like deja vu experiences i mean before i actually started my job um i had a vision of like of like aisles and i was looking down and i was looking at them and i also had a vision of like walking past them and like there was a fire station and when i started like um the job about a year in I was just looking down these aisles and there was like the same vision that yeah. I had like about two years before I started and then I like walked around and there was a fire station just being built and I was like whoa that is just that is the craziest deja vu and I was thinking to myself that must have been to me like that deja vu experienced a part of a past life what I, I must have just tripped up or like the records like skipped yeah. and I just thought this is definitely I think this has definitely been done before so at the point of like where I'm thinking, do I hold past lives to the context of other people? Maybe I do, but I haven't accessed them. But then I think to the point of that feeling of deja vu being so intense, I feel like there has been a loop. There's something. There's been a loop being put into this existence of mine. Yeah, it's interesting. I've actually had one, right, where like I said, you like same as you, where I haven't literally had the exact vision, but I've had it's more of a feeling. Like, I've had a feeling I've been here before. Like, I've had loads of instances of deja vu. I get deja vu quite a lot, to be honest. Mm. But the feeling of... T- to try and separate it from deja vu, I've had a feeling of where I was... Um, there's been a few times where I've gone to Greece. And I don't know why, but there's something within us that... I mean, it might just be because it's nice weather and it's because it's uh, a beautiful place. <laughs> right. But there's just something about it where I've been... Like, there was this one example where... Um, it was This was last year when I was in Greece. And um, I went there for a wedding... And I had a, a full day. I just went off by myself. And I was mm. just sort of wandering around Greece by myself and stuff like that. And I come across this like sort of cliff edge. And I was sitting there for about two or three hours just sort of pondering and just let my mind go all over the place. And there was a, um, and the sun was coming down at one side and the moon was coming at the other. And it, it created this weird sort of effect where the moon actually t- turned orange and it was like nearly as bright as the sun. So it was like Whoa. a point where they were both coming, one was coming up, one was going down. That created this weird, weird effect. But in that moment, I had sort of a a realisation that I'd done this before. Like, you've done this before. Like, it wasn't deja vu. It was a sense of, like, you've been a Greek, sort of, you've been in Greece, you've been in a time era of Greece, like, thousands of years ago, and it's got this sense from your body that you've been in this Galaxian spot, pondering, and, like, thinking and sort of questioning reality and questioning your life, mm. and looking at the stars, looking at the moon. It's just something about it. It's it's really eye-opening, isn't it, when you get these deja vu experiences? Because you want to tap, you want to tap further into it, but it's like straight away once it's happened. It's like a tiny window, it isn't it? Closes. It's like, oh, there you've seen it. You've yeah. seen a bit of the consciousness. We gotta close it again. Bush. 
I mean, maybe that's why it gets back what we've seen before. Maybe that's why we can't access it. Like it's it's the, the rule set isn't allowed for you to access your past your past self. I mean, it gets back into the the uh, the, the Andy Weir egg thing. The video that I put on one of the podcasts a while ago, or the, at the end of the podcast, sorry, or the beginning it was the beginning of the reincarnation podcast, where it was talking about like say, seeing that. Um, like where you stand in front of the universal one or God, whatever you want to call it. And he asks, he says like, have I been him? Have I been him? Yes, 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 yes. So I will remember all these uh, lessons. Yeah, yeah. No, you won't because the game, the game is set up so you can't remember them all. You can't, you need to start blank, blank fresh again to sort of learn new lessons again. Like what would happen if you, imagine if you knew sort of, you were, like like you said before, you were Napoleon. Like what would happen if you really recognised in your head that you were Napoleon? Like yeah. would, would, would you think, but he also recognised as well that like, you were ten other people as well. Like, would that really would that mess with your mind? I think it can do. Would it spoil? Would it spoil the uh, playing Chris Hopper? I think I think it will. But but then again, who like, would you rather be, Chris Hopper or Napoleon? Oh, Chris Hopper. <laughs> but uh, but um, le- this is interesting though because I said this like quick briefly before, and I think we, I, I glanced over it. I think the Chris Hopper experience though, like I said this. Maybe the human experience is to actually look at something and, and sense that that's what you want. Yeah. So maybe that is bringing out it in you, because I think without a purpose or without a sense of direction, I, I think we are lost. And I think that's why I, I'm I'm quite fond of stuff like um, religion for guidance for people or any form of spiritual identity for people, because it does find yourself a purpose and existence. So I think, in all fairness, to look at look beyond thyself is true when you actually see what thou wants because when you, you sound like a <laughs> thou <laughs> shall not <laughs> go into the basement <laughs> um, sound like a poor boy I don't know where I heard that from I think thou shall not art in heaven halom be thy name <laughs> to thine dumbidala <laughs> um, anyways enough from the Latin podcast <laughs> uh, oh, I think, I, I think I think <laughs> when you actually look at what other people have, it taps a little bit into the human psyche of yourself, of your wants and needs and desires. And I think there is a reason why that's been shown here. Yeah, I do as well. Um, and maybe it is just to think, maybe it could be a test to think, to test you to be more Chris Hopper or Dan Harrison. Maybe it's like to avoid that. But maybe there's something pulling you towards that saying like, that's something I admire or something I'm intrigued by. Maybe that's a path for me to follow. Yeah. So it's either, to me, it's either a test to stay strong and be who you want, who you have to be, or it's either something to guide you towards. Yeah, I like that. So other way, I can't figure out which one it is. Yeah, I like that. But so, I can't figure out anything. Man. I can't, yeah. This game, I can't figure it out. <laughs> and the more I try to figure out, the more I even think I've got an answer, something pops up and says, no, he's the other answer. Bang. Here it is. Check this out. Check this out. Check this out. And it's like, what is just the answer I seek? Yeah. Let me know. So I wanted to answer some of these questions. So let's an- so like we said on previous um, observing our thoughts, that would answer some sort of guests from the um, listeners. Mm-hmm. So well, I, I think we've got time to answer two on this one. Well, next week we'll next time we do the observing our thoughts, maybe answer a few more. Yeah, definitely. But one of them I've got it, I've got it wrote down here. It says. Um, so this one's from Ellen. I'll not say a second name, just in case she didn't want a second name. Yeah, so, that's right. But she asked the question, if we could go back um, any time era, any place in time, where would we go and why? Um, I'd go 
to yesterday for that spa because I was out of it. No, um, wherever I go in any existence, any time period, I don't know why the Egyptians popped them straight in my head to yeah. see what it would be like is uh, how the actually pyramids were built. Yeah. Um, but then again, like, past I'd, lo- I'd love past to see. I'd, lo- um, I'd love to go in the future more than the past. Future would be cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'd love to see the future. I think I think the past is. I think from man's recorded history, past seems a very dark. It seems very like bleak. It could be something completely separate. Because um, it's interesting how his history is his story. So whatever we've been told in the past could be complete bullshit. We just have to perceive it as like fact, factual evidence. Have you seen the, the film uh, Lucy, where she's sitting in the chair? You know where? Yeah, yeah. Have right at the end, and she's like moving her hands and going. And everything's moving past, like all the time. You're just going back, like the dinosaurs, going back to all the different eras, and then she's sort. What was it? What was the end point? What was it? Went the only end point it could it went to was sort of, uh, the well supposedly ever like by um natural evolution. It was like the first sort of um monkey humanoid, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, so you seen like newts on the ground and wasn't pieces of bacteria. Or oh, was it? Did she go right back to the bacteria? Did you? I think she did. I can't remember. It's been a while. I've seen it, but yeah, so getting to some point. Um, Continue, what, 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 so what, what, here's something, right? So what would happen if you see if you went in the future, and you came across, um, and you seen that humanity's existence where where we're heading wasn't in the right direction? I mean, do you would you would you want would you come back and tell everyone we're going in the wrong direction? We're going in the wrong direction. Technology's not the right place. There's so, there's so many people <laughs> are actually doing that as well, aren't they? Like with with a big sign around the head, the end is here. Yeah. Do not trust Microsoft. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Gates equals Arsenal. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I, I, you've got though, that. That to me again, though, would be a sense of purpose for you because you've been given that beautiful gift of seeing the future or seeing the past. You have to share that gift. That's that's what the essence of life is. Going off track. I, I want, this is going off track, but it's just where my mind works. But um, I'll go back to what I'll go back to my mind. Just go back to the point where I'd, I'd like to go because I thought about this a bit. Mm. But um. No one has the sense of time traveling, right? Have you? Did you see that? Um, this is this is incredible footage. I don't know if anyone's debunked this or anything, but did you see the uh, the the footage of the old woman? And it was in the nineteen was it the nineteen forties or fifties? Black and white cameras, and she had a. Um, have you seen this with a woman or not? No, mobile no. phone. So there's a woman walking past. I think it's New York City or some major city. I can't remember what it is, but there's actually a video, black and white video. Sorry, it is not just a picture, black and white video of a woman. Um, picking up a mobile phone and if you look type oh, yes, if anyone types in on the internet type in old woman time traveller with mobile phone it's like a video of it and it is really really freaky like Whoa. imagine though if, if if like someone has been doing that and they have been influencing the human experience just like I said before to you you've been um, you would come back and give knowledge imagine if someone our maybe like the, the future Chris Hopper is coming back and and like when you're in your bedroom and stuff like that, he's like quick, quickly like tweaking something in your room. Like you don't want this in your fridge, you don't want that. Like, <laughs> trying to improve you. Or something. That's interesting. But you also got one as well who was actually coming back and trying to like knock you up. But then again, like <laughs> if if you if you were already doing that, then you wouldn't need to change anything really, would you? Yeah. You yeah, could just exactly. let the yeah, let right. the human experience just flow because you know where it's going to end up. Unless they know that you've done something wrong and they've they've looped back around to try and change that trajectory. Would you would you still change it though? Even. It, because I, I think like how much would that change the game if you did do that mm-hmm. like if you've seen films where that happens where they change the game so much that they kind of they kind of get back to themselves did you see the did you see the film though where um, Isn't, have you seen the, I'm sure sorry, diver, is it Divergent where she actually 
they figure out they have a time machine and they can go back in the, in the all old selves and she actually gets lost in trying to find, oh, find no, out who, who her real self is have you, uh, I haven't seen that have you, there's another something I watched before um, it might have been a podcast I listened to but um, it was talking about the, uh, it might have been like you know them online stories and it was um, someone who goes back in time and uh, kills Hitler but it makes something so much more worse like someone else become a worse adult Hitler yes because I think it ended up being Hitler become a martyr um, the whole idea of like Nazism grew much stronger and though something so much more powerful and evil came out of from that than there was previous so not everything needs to be changed in history and I don't think we should change anything of yeah. part history um this there's I also seeing like if you step on a butterfly or something the whole like shift of the paradigm will like collapse or you don't want to mess with time travel and stuff like that yeah. but it's interesting how Einstein thinks it's I thought it was like um, possible, physically possible, and um, there's a lot of people do a lot of very interesting. He said the math, the math side up, and it is possible to do it. That's which is interesting, but it's, it's crazy thinking if there was someone is like some someone even interacting with this world now is time traveling, like sort of in this yeah. reality but now. I've heard like even Einstein himself actually went into the um, went into um, time travel. Have you actually seen that? Right here's Access another point. For I want to go back to the point. Oh, and go on. But have you seen that? I want to I'll put this in the show notes, right? But there's actually a funny video. I can't remember who the guy who does this, but he it's did not when Jay-Z goes back in time. Have you seen that? <laughs> I haven't seen that, no. <laughs> but I've seen on. the one where it's called... Don't... It, no, sorry. It's called Terence McKenna, Alan Watts. Um, so it's Terence McKenna, Alan Watts, uh, Tesla, mm-hmm. and, you know, the guy of of the ancient, of, uh, of, ancient UFOs? Of the in-betweeners. Uh, you, know, you know the guy of the ancient UFOs? <laughs> the one with the long hair? He always, he's, always, he's also on, he's also on oh, yes, ancient I, UFOs. I, I, I'm they go on a time machine and they go all the way back to the pyramids. Oh, yes, I, right? it's a cotton. Uh, yeah, uh, it's a cotton. Yeah, there's actually it. guys with little hammers just going, come on, bring this digger in over here. Beep, 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 beep. And he's like, oh, no, this is this cannot be right. This can't be right. I'm in the wrong reality. So anyway, Alan Watts, Tesla, and... Um, Tesla like breaks the, the the time travel back, leave him because they don't like him. Oh yes, I've seen that. They smash the time machine <laughs> and leave him in the uh, in the time of digging, and it's his worst nightmare because he obviously doesn't believe, he believes it was aliens. So he's in the wor- <laughs> so he's in the worst time where they've just got little diggers and hammers and they've got little chisels with uh, work hats on and stuff. <laughs> does he? Does he <laughs> leave? His wor- it's his worst nightmare. Nightmare. Does he leave something in the ground for them to find like a thousand years later? Oh, I can't remember. Ah. but anyway, it was, it was his worst night. It was his worst nightmare, but. Anyway, on the subject of uh, the pyramids, where would, where would you go back? By time the way? travel pyramids, definitely. There's something about the pyramids that I would just love to see how, what went on there, what really went on, like the building of them. Probably as well, even now as well, Giuseppe Tepe, I would love to look at how did they build them. Like, was that civilization that really advanced, or the Mayans as well? Because the Mayans have always been a civilization that's like fascinated us. Like, imagine just even going back, we're in a room with like a mat, like an elder Mayan who's like sort of asking all the biggest questions about the universe or an ancient Egyptian who's asking all the questions about the universe and just have a night with him sitting like sort of contemplating and look at the stars and just taking his knowledge and yeah. just asking questions how incredible would that be like straight away inside it's like oh come on I like to <laughs> I like to have a front row ticket to the um, to the beginning of time yeah like if you could just like watch the existence of like the or the, the birth of the universe I imagine like you Maybe in the future, that could be actually something people will pay for. Yeah. So, the future to me always seems to fascinate me more than the past. Imagine you go back, right, and um, 
this is only off one question, by the way. <laughs> I imagine you go all the way back and um, like you said, you see the whole life unfolding and you just realise that you were just actually like genetically modified. Like you were just actually, so you believe that you are born coming out your mum's like, um, coming out your mom, outside of your mum and you went, uh, uh, your mother. Yeah. Or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and you actually weren't. Mama. Yeah, you actually weren't. You actually sort of just been like, you that thought's being projected in your mind and you've actually just been sort of like the matrix like made in a test tube and you've just given the given the thought in your mind that you actually you were born like that and you weren't yeah I, I, that could definitely send no. you some rabbit holes <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's tack this next question anyway um, come on brother I'll try and find it it was so this, this so this question was actually asked by two different people this one it was actually asked by someone called David and they were, and Elna Elna again asked this one so this is probably a good one good one to ask but she said and he said what do you guys think about us using a small part of our DNA and the rest how, lying dormant how much do we actually use by the way do you know any so facts this, and figures so the, what I think it is the, the point what we talked about in the last podcast with when we explored this is DNA code um, it was 90 supposedly I think it was 98% of our DNA is classed as junk. Is 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 it true? A lot of it gets discarded when you were born. I'm not too sure about that. I thought I thought a lot gets discarded. But I think that theory, that that I might be wrong. That understanding is from the perspective of the DNA that's active in our body. I think that's Wait, what I think it is. When you read the book, um, the Cosmic Serpent, did that ex? Did that um, give you an answer? Because uh, to be honest, like I'm pretty stumped with this question. He covered a lot of DNA in that book. Yeah, because that's what I was saying. He covered a lot of DNA. Did he give you any perspective of like how I would, how can our DNA really alter our existence? Did he get into that? Because then we can, might be able to find a good answer for this question. I can't fully remember because I've read that many different things about DNA now. But with that understanding, what I remember from that book the whole essence of like how he was trying to project that through ayahuasca visions and how biochemi- biochemically we can transfer information through our DNA and things like that. Mm-hmm. That made me ask the question is, so it come, could there be could there be remnants of where we've actually come from in our DNA? Could there be message stored within our DNA? So just here's an example of, there's um, people now talking about now, I read this a while ago, there's some top uh, scientists in the world working on actually through nanotechnology, like, I don't even know if it's nanotechnology to be honest with you I think it's just some I don't understand it it's too, beyond my sort of mind but they're actually being able to put data and information within our DNA so they could store information in DNA oh. within your sort of your body so maybe maybe like for me anyway to get back to the question of when they say 98% of our DNA is junk like they say that about everything they say it, they'll put a label because they can't explain it you can't call something junk just because you don't know what it is Whoa, you can't do that point. I don't think you can do that and who was the guy as well he says this um, as Arthur C. Clarke he says something like um, the possibility that of our DNA uh, sorry our DNA going through a junkyard uh, sorry our, our body our DNA going through a junkyard and constructing the molecules that we have now is like something like a was it like an airplane going through airplane no it's uh, loads of like what is it like again? nuts balls. I butchered that by yeah, the way it's, it's like it's the equivalent of like loads of metal getting thrown into a junkyard and, and a tornado happening and then, and then constructing an airplane constructing aye, a beautiful Boeing 707 yeah. that's, why, that's why I don't think as well I, I think there's there's definitely something there's got to be something I just know there is I, I know it I mean we even, I think in the future when we start when we actually do start finding out like we start 
understanding genetics more and stuff like that, I think we are going to uncover that. Like, all that's a load of shit. Yeah. Like, I think this, we're, we're going to start uncovering that we can sort of even alter our DNA to a certain degree. Like, on a on a biological level, we can actually access it through our minds, whatever it is. I mean, Wim Hof's, he, Wim Hof says, says statements that he can do it, but there isn't. I don't think there's much scientific data on that we can do that yet. But who knows? We can maybe there's something we can access within that. I think I think a lot of us are searching for these like superhuman style abilities, and I think like maybe if we access this like extra root of DNA coding inside of us, we can actually achieve some form of like superhuman style level. Yeah, but. I also like to think of the question. Um, have you seen the video? I'm going to post this on the um, on our Facebook page. Um, I think I might get it up tonight. Actually, um, I'll, ta- I'll I'll put this in the show notes as well. Um, so the video is of um, this sea newt. That's like some sort of like a deep sea like creature. Anyways, um, I only clicked on it because it was 1,000 times resilient to cancer. I see that. And what happens is it's DNA, it can regenerate limbs and it, it can regenerate limbs up to 100 times in its life form. So it's like it's, its arm cut off and then automatically you see it grow again and grows hands and fingers and those nerves like interact and so they can move again and yeah. be exactly how they were before. And I was thinking as well, if we could tap into our DNA code and could we get into the level where maybe no diseases can affect us I mean there's another video I watched which says about 2040 um, we will be immune to all diseases on this planet uh, which is an interesting talking point as well but maybe this is because of I was mentioning stuff like um, 3D printing and that and creating new artificial organs so maybe we're looking more into external technology yeah. the internal DNA for our solution but if we had to look internally at our DNA they must, like, uh, you give a beautiful um, understanding of when you said you can't label 98% junk when you don't know what it is. I can't. If, if there is, like, a group of lead, leading scientists work on such a um, perspective of what DNA can actually accomplish for us, if we do alter it, then maybe, just maybe, we could end up being just like that little senior and we could, like... Yeah, discover something about us. Could we be perfect? Uh, could, that's, that's an interesting... That's that's what I was thinking of. Is it, see, spin it, I want to spin it around. Are we not already perfect? That's what I love to hear. Are we not that. already perfect? And that's why the junk DNA can't be junk DNA, because with my understanding of 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 me, of myself, of the way my body's developed, everything like we, I look at other human beings, the way that we can see with our eyes, like we have the best HD lenses in the world, yeah. like the things that we you can physically do on a physical level, and even the things that you can do on a mental level, which goes even further. Like we ha- arguably we have a universe within our- inside of ourselves. Do you do you in your heart? This I mean, this is probably a good point to leave it here. But in your heart, do you feel that, nice that story, we've perfect. been created with flaws? Like, and what I mean by that is is, do you think that everything that you're going through now isn't the way it's meant to be? So that's why I think that junk DNA isn't junk DNA it's there for a reason there's a purpose to it there's a purpose to everything there's a purpose to everything in your mind there's a purpose why you're having depression there's a purpose why you're having happy thoughts there's a the purpose why you're wanting to do this wanting to do that I think there's a purpose to everything there's no flaws to this game I completely agree bro. I completely agree I think uh, I think right now we're on the cusp 
of trying to understand the human experience. And our famous quote is, the more we think we know, the less we do know. And yeah. I think that's what science is uncovering now, is the more that we actually think and we're getting to the point of understanding, the more we're actually realising, shit, man, there's so much to this yeah, game yeah. we don't know. So when scientists are figuring out, oh, we figured out how our DNA works, then all of a sudden you get to the point of, well, what about all this 98% yeah. that, we're, that we really don't understand? So even though we're heading in the right direction, our thought processes, we're really getting into the more of the dark, deep mystery of life yeah. and existence. Yeah. Perfect. Peace and love. Peace and love, everyone. Boom. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in to that episode. Honestly, it's been an absolute blessing to get these observing your thoughts out to you guys. And if you want to hear more of me and Dan and other guests who we've had on the podcast and awesome things that we've got lined up, definitely head over to our Patreon because we want to expand this for you because you guys are really what it's all about for us. And the more you can help us, the more we can give to you. And that's the whole process for me and Dan. We want to give you as much as we can. And with your help, we can really do that. And we really push forth to the next level. And speaking of pushing forth to the next level, this to me is a song that pushed me forth to the next level when I first heard it. Because it really made um, like some dark periods in my life seem beautiful. Especially when I got the, got the idea of um, looking into the unknown. Which is ironically, this is what the song is called. It's called The Unknown. And I suppose that's what it's all about. All we've got in the future is the unknown. And it says the song has a beautiful understanding of all we can really do in that moment is just smile. So the song really takes us on a little experience of trying to understand like life and existence. Anyway, this is what I got from the song. You might get something completely different. So anyway, guys, here is Athlete with the Unknown. Thanks again, guys. <laughs>